Welcome to Burn After Noticing, Buzzcast's first and only Burn Notice podcast hosted by two bozos who've never seen the show before and are making their way through it. We're up to season two, episode 11. I'm one of your hosts, Josh, with Paul. Hi, I'm Paul. That's me. That's him. One of the cleanest intros I think I've done in a while, so I'm pretty proud of that. Great job, man. Great job. (laughs) That was unrehearsed. That was just off the cuff. Bringing up Buzzcast, too. And I had to bring up Buzzcast because we have another buzzcast podcast friend it was a, it was a star-studded episode so we had to uh, we had to bring the star power for our guests this week i think that's appropriate uh you've probably heard them and if you haven't turn this off and go listen to it please he's one of the uncles from the uncle to uncle podcast one of buzzcast's first and best podcasts it's uncle howard uncle howard what's going on howard well, it's uh, it's alarming to be here. I uh, I fell asleep in bed with Franklin, and I woke up here with you guys. But uh, you know, it, it's all right to be here. I've I've woken up in worse places before. You know, Michael Weston started this whole show just waking his ass up in Miami. So you've come to the right place. Much oh, yeah. like Michael Weston's uh, uh, burn notice journey, uh, uh, waking up somewhere has brought you here. Yeah, he woke up and, in Miami. I'm and now you town. need answers. Just like yeah. Michael, you need answers. Yeah, I was burned, and I need to find the man with the matches. That's right. <laughs> just some dude with a match that's who, that's who burned Michael, is just like a yeah. guy with, uh, a, like, a, like, a, like a pyromaniac. Yeah, some sort just of like mad a guy who like lights the, A guy who like lights t-shirts on fire in his driveway. I, have you guys ever known a t-shirt fireman? Oh, yeah, what is like, this? I'm just thinking of like things you light on fire that are easy and convenient and nearby. I don't know. You could light a bunch of stuff on fire, I guess. Churches. Well, <laughs> that's... Giant lowercase T's. <laughs> yeah, I hate those lowercase T's, man. <laughs> I love to Christ. dress up like a ghost and let those lower T's have it. What podcast am I on? <laughs> Welcome to Uncle to Uncle. Did the you just hear the intro? I introed us. King size bit. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't really know where to go from there. <laughs> yeah, we, we go to jail usually. <laughs> you know what? That's Rightfully usually, so. That's sounds good. Where you go. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds like an appropriate that. place uh, to go. Should that be the uh, the activity you engage in? The thing is, I don't burn shirts. I hate crimes, them. folks. Don't do them. I'm a good person. I donate my shirts. You would I mean, that's a good place a to take CD, your shirts. Would you? You wouldn't download a shirt? Is that what you just said? Well, I said you wouldn't burn a CD, but it was a play on the you wouldn't download <laughs> You wouldn't download one of those cool Sam Axe shirts. No, you'd go to the Banana Republic and you'd buy one. You'd go oh. you'd go to the uh, the Sears and to the Panama Jack section. I don't and need to go one. to the Banana Republic. I'm living in one, baby. Oh, damn. <laughs> He's got to resign now. Congratulations. You did it. You took down that orange Cheeto in chief. That's right. That mango Mussolini. Oh, I haven't heard that one. I like. That I don't think lot. I have either. That's uh, that's from the. Remember that guy had the tweet about how his eighty-year-old mom was like. Oh, Tommy the only way I can talk about the mango Mussolini is with my resting bitch face and a glass of rosé or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That was cool. Oh, holy wisdom, shitballs, Batman. Yeah, holy wisdom, shitballs. Oh man, that's like, the same. That's the same guy as the Tommy Needy Drinky guy, right? It, no, it's not. But it's very. It's got the same energy. He, as Tommy he's Needy the Drinky. same guy. Let's be honest. Those yep. are all the same guys. I gotta say, this was not one cromulent fuck crustable of an episode. Fuck. Uh, that is, <laughs> that's just cool, man. I wish I came up with that turn of phrase. Cromul- All those those tweets are so bad, it actually makes the Kevin Smith Brown Area tweet seem genius. That is, it is a genius tweet because, you know, well, it, you know, wrestling fans know 
Eric Bischoff once said, controversy creates cash. And you know what? Like most things, Eric Bischoff was correct. Like most yeah. things in life and just in the world, History Eric Bischoff vindicated was right. You know, him. Talk about holy wisdom shitballs. When Eric Bischoff speaks, you listen. Yeah. H-L-A. Jake's like, what the fuck are you talking Every about? Every time Jeff? you talk about wrestling, I'm just yeah, like I was, looking at I was very excited right from the top when when, uh, when when we found we were going to have you on, Howard, so we could derail this episode with wrestling, and Josh could sit in silence and wonder what we're talking about. That's what yeah. the Switch is for, baby. <laughs> He's a silent but powerful man, much like Wardlow. Much like Wardlow. Absolutely. Uh, a strong, silent type on Wednesday nights. Well, I'm guy. just going to assume you guys are complimenting <laughs> me and this isn't like something. We are. Okay, good. I yeah. was like, is this there's a lot like worse people to be compared to than Wardlow. Is that yeah, I mean, a lot of people, like a lot of people are uh, calling Burn fat. after noticing the librarians uh, of Buzzcast. So, uh, it's a great honor to, to be in such great company. I love the librarian. I, no, I don't, ha- I I don't have do TNT, too. so I only really get to watch AEW Dark. So I've seen way more librarian than I've ever seen of the Young Bucks. And I'm all in for the librarian. Honestly, me too. I was during my stream today, we were watching the new Being the Elite. And it was just like uh, the Young Bucks put up PWG's ring on their tennis court and just had some matches. And that was the Being the Elite episode. They just shot it with like one of their drones. Franklin and I used to really get into it with the Young Bucks dad on Facebook back in the day. But that's oh, neither here nor there. Old, old man Massey, uh, not a guy with, with great opinions. No, but have you heard his music? If uh, not, I'll uh, link some to you. Oh, some of his music slaps. I mean, some of it's uh, been featured on Being the Elite a lot, too. Yeah, he wrote a song about 9-11 that you can't miss. Oh, wow. No, that one I haven't heard. We'll have to talk about it off. <laughs> uh, now I'm listening. Yeah, well, uh, you're a 9-11 guy, huh? <laughs> well, I love the... If you've heard the Martin Noakes 9-11 love, song. I, Martin Noakes still follows me on Twitter. Oh, really? Yes. Martin. Oh, no. So he's... Martin, uh, I, I sent a, a video of Martin to Will Meneker at okay. one point, and Martin caught wind of it and was like, thanks, mate, and then followed me back. Wow. I, that <laughs> song makes me laugh, and I love it so much. Oh, yeah. He's got some. And you ever hear the one uh, about the about the man not going to the moon? No, but now had, I need to. He has a song called I Don't Believe That Man Went to the Moon, and it's an acapella song, but he's all the voices. <laughs> he's got a good voice. Like he's, he's like a legitimate Here's the thing about Martin singer. is he's very talented. Like he's he's like a good like writer and arranger of melodies. Like his shit's really catchy. He's like a like he could have been like writing music for like commercials or something and like had a really nice career, but instead he had to be like a right wing nut job. He just decided to go down that path. Sometimes that path chooses you. I mean, it certainly chose Martin. He's just yeah. uh, hes just a British freak. Uh, oh, he has a great song about Tony Blair going to jail. That one's really good. I need to, I need to hear his whole discography. Right oh, I'll hook you up. We, I, I, got, I got all that Martin Noakes. I got that hot Martin Noakes fire. Okay, good. Speaking of fire, burn notice. Oh, there's a lot you know of what's fire. funny is the, 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 uh, the house on fire scene is playing right now. I have the, the episode playing like on my other monitor on mute. And as we were talking about that was the fire scene. Wow, the fire scene. Well, before we get to the fire scene, for Howard, we've got a question we like to ask everybody mm. on the show. What is your familiarity with this show, Burn Notice, prior to us asking you to be on the show? You know, I'm pretty familiar with Burn Notice to the extent that after season one, episode one first aired, my mom called me on the phone and said, hey, Howard, you got to check out the show. I think you're really going to like it. He'd fight some guys. So I watched <laughs> it, and I liked it. And I, 
I, I haven't seen every episode, I don't think, and I certainly haven't seen every episode in order, but I, uh, I know where it goes, so I gotta try to keep myself uh, from spoiling too much of it for you. But we would, we really would appreciate remember. that if you don't get ahead of yourselves, because we yeah, famously have not seen this show, and That's we haven't been spoiled. Like We've stayed away from any kind of like spoilers. No one spoiled it for us. People have been very cool about it. Uh, so we're kind of just going through this journey organically. I Unless mean, you the, did spoil it with the matchbook thing. Yeah, well, I did it. But for the for the most part, the uh, you know the spoiler is Michael, Fee, and Sam put things right for one beleaguered citizen of Miami. Wow, wow. one one beleaguered citizen at a time. Uh, hearts mm. of gold. That's Those how hearts, it's done. They're gold. Change begins at home. That's right. That's right. We have a lot of a lot of good domestic stuff uh, in this episode too. A lot of like parenting <laughs> a lot of stuff. Homes. Yeah. We got some we got some very loving like uh Madeline Weston's been in grandma mode a bunch in this season. Oh, this whole season. Yeah, this is a, a whole season of Madeline Weston jumping into grandma mode, which has been very cool. Uh so yeah, our follow up to our your your experience with Bruno. So you kinda knew where it was going, uh, but probably hadn't seen anything in a while. So every episode opens with a little thirty second little bumper on kind of what this whole thing is you know you get the who the characters are what the deal is about 30 seconds worth uh howard was that enough to get you back up to speed on burn yeah, notice did it do it for you yeah i mean I, you made me remember fiona's the trigger happy ex-girlfriend uh even your mom you just all of that and then sam is an ex-spy that you kind of can't trust because he's like come on you can trust me or whatever he says and you never forget that spies are just a bunch of bitchy little girls that's right that's right and i believe that so i immediately trust bruce campbell more than almost anybody bruce campbell notoriously trustworthy man he's <laughs> just he taught he, he speaks you listen he ain't never lied to me that's for sure that's right um, so that's, and we also got a previously on this week. So we got, yeah, you got like, two recaps. We got the double recap so that we got also the episode recap of like, so this is the second episode in a, like a half season situation. So they yeah. kind of broke up season two into like two halves, you know, one in the fall and one in the spring. So this is the second episode of the spring season. Yeah. So Michael uh, almost got exploded earlier. Yes. He literally almost got burned by fire and, uh, the concussion of a large blast. But yeah. didn't. He survived. He lived. Good news. That's, and we need it nowadays, right? Now more, now more than ever. Now more than ever. <laughs> we, we need, need spies with hearts of gold. No, we need spies with hearts of gold in Florida oh, to okay. come, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe they can go expose Ron DeSantis for uh, selling medical equipment or something. I don't know. Some shit. It's probably going Santa Claus. How do you do spy work in, in the era of social distancing, right? Because there's a lot of like, you know, Infiltration well, and stuff. it's really easy to spy though because it's from afar. True, but like he always has to do like uh, you know up close and personal there. work where yeah. you're like infiltrating stuff oh, and like he does uh, some great infiltration in this episode too. There's a lot of infiltrating happening. This is an episode about infiltration. Yeah, like the um, first scene really. It, it's now, about I, it, it's about football and it's about accents. More than guys, anything, it's about you, accents. You guys have seen uh, um, more and more recently than I have of this show, but this episode seemed to me like it's got basically all the elements of Spy, and there's uh, and I guess we shouldn't reveal what comes later, but there's some action, there's some deception, there's some uh, seduction. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's the three major branches of spying. Yeah, Kurt yeah, Angle did, we, we famously said that. Um, That's about it. The the three eyes of spying. 
Is that, are there That's really three? No, I just wanted to make another. Re- I wanted to make as many wrestling references as possible. And the big A for abstinence. Oh well, Michael doesn't honor. Well, yeah, that. I was gonna. We're gonna get to abstinence and or possible lack thereof. But let's yeah. uh, let's All put right, a pin in that. Let's start um, with the intelligence. Yeah, what I want to start on is is chain of command one on one hundred one with Michael. We open up with a classic Weston monologue about being a spy and respecting the chain of command, but then when you don't work for anybody, you don't have a chain of command, which is cool, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's yeah, good. Yeah, boss, yeah. Yeah, so it's basically he's saying like he gets to be his own boss now that he's been burned, and that kind of rules, and he's kind of doing his own thing. And then we immediately go directly, like we fucking, right out of the gate, just into insane southern accent, Mike. Like, yeah, Donovan yeah, is doing like one cover. of these like southern accents from a part of the south that does not exist. No one talks like this. <laughs> no one classic, at all talks like classic this. Classic Boston guy talking in a what he appears to be Southern accent. It sounds like a mixture of Foghorn Leghorn and Kevin Spacey's Frank Underwood. He's he's like a chameleon. The way he can just become a totally new person. Yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> I mean, many people say Jeffrey Donovan uh, is the modern day Daniel Day Lewis. A lot of people say that he's the only person who played both of the famous Kennedy brothers. I mean, and who like you need to have range to play not only one Kennedy but also a different Kennedy. Yeah, uh, the, you know the Kennedys, uh, a notably diverse family full of people that are very different from each other, um, and don't look inbred or weird and the same at all. A lot of people say John F. Kennedy was handsome. Yeah, definitely, a uh, very handsome guy. Joe Kennedy, really handsome dude. Ted Kennedy, just a sex machine. Great just, driver too. Yep. No, uh, when you think Ted Kennedy, you just he he's a he's a sex symbol. Yeah. The yeah, he lion was known for being of hot. the Senate. <laughs> it's that accent, that classic Boston accent that gets all the ladies super horned. Oh well, no, it, Boston accent Mike comes later. We get full on Boston accent Mike by the end of this episode too. There are a lot of accents in this. Yeah, episode. when he yells for sure. But yeah, there like yeah, he does this weird Southern accent, and he's he basically just has to breach some. Where are they? I don't even know what the it's, uh, uh, it's some company where he thinks so that so the guy that did the bombing. They think that he probably works at this company, so they're gonna go in there and like get their like records and stuff. Yeah, and okay. he sure does. But they're very suspicious. Yeah, but he does his whole, you know, uh, uh, everything's fine. The fake phone call, like, it's okay. I'm here. Everything's fine. I'm here with the man. Yeah, but you the hear thing. the guy, and the guy is like, "Who is this? I'm calling the cops." And he's like, "Yes, sir. Right on, sir." Hell, well, we're gonna be right over here and go get the. <laughs> Oh, it's like a Daniel. It's like Daniel Craig's uh, southern accent in that Knives Out. Like it sounds like you said Frank Underwoody. It just sounds so like artificial. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a southern accent from quote unquote the South, not actually like any real place. Like you know, accents do vary state to state in different parts, and like you have to pick one if you're gonna do an accent. Like he could have done like a like a Florida Panhandle thing, which he's done before. Like he's done like a Florida Panhandle accent that doesn't sound like this one that he's doing. Uh, this one just came. It's like Idris Elba in Prometheus. Just kind of made it up. Thought about that movie in a while. That's a Prometheus. good one. All here's the thing. All of the Alien movies are good. Prometheus is good. Alien Covenant is good. I will die on that hill. I liked them at the time. I saw them both in theaters, and I enjoyed them for what they were. Except for Alien Resurrection. Alien Resurrection still sucks. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised you were going to defend that one. I won't defend Resurrection. all of them. Okay, yeah, I won't defend Resurrection, but uh, all the other ones, yeah, absolutely. You know what Resurrection I will defend? Jesus Christ. Oh, wow, he is risen. This is post-Easter. He has risen. Wow, he is risen. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. 
<laughs> we're just gonna take a day to, or take like a second to thank uh, thank Jesus Christ for making this show possible. Wow, I think I saw him, and he was probably a best boy on one of the episodes, probably. Absolutely, uh, we like he he is the and a lot of people say He's that Jesus is the best boy. Yeah, that's he true. Is the best boy. <laughs> I could had, could you find all the eggs that he hid yesterday? I couldn't find them all. No, I, I couldn't find them all. Uh, I think that's part of you know when you have Jesus magic, you can just hide them really well. If you. Jesus magic? Yeah. If you have Jesus magic, I feel like you're really good at hiding eggs. Like, you can just do Jesus stuff. Like, the guy came back to life and, like, made wine and uh, uh, some other stuff. I heard he did some other cool shit, too. It's like, no. the well, what, yeah, I guess they would call them miracles instead of magic. Maybe magic would be too sacrilegious. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to go with magic. Uh I'm going to go with uh, Magic Johnson, but anyway. <laughs> well, no, don't, that's the, actually the wrong sport. What it's you should have said. On this episode, what you yeah. should have said, Josh, is Michael Irvin because he's fucking straight up in this episode. Yeah, we, we basically because okay, so they get to like this. It's basically Sam's like, hey, this this guy's got a a problem, and he's got like these nice ass tickets to a yeah, dolphin. This game. this week's quest giver, the man with the exclamation point over his head is uh, uh, NFL superstar, Hall of Famer, Michael Irvin. Yeah, and he looks great. Which looks great. Not surprising. Um, you know, a, a pretty a decent timing. Guy. Like, you know, this was, what, 12 years ago? He hadn't been in front of the camera as much as he has now. Less experience there, but still doing pretty good. He's a natural. Yeah, yeah, he knows football. You can tell. Absolutely. So he, he's, he held it like a pro. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he held the football <laughs> the, the proper way that you hold footballs, and uh, we really got to commend him for that. Great job, yeah. Michael. I love so, that guy. Dallas, America's team. That's right. The Cowboys, yeah. Michael, yeah, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. Man. He was in. He was a Hall of Famer, actually, the year prior to this uh, season. Him, oh, Troy, right. and Emmett, they were tearing it up back in the day. This was a big Absolutely. get. I mean, this is like an episode of Big Gets, and this was like the first one. I mean, like he's said, not he even, it's like three he's minutes He's not in. even the most famous Michael in this episode. It's no, well, now, oh yeah, nowadays so for sure. Not yet, and not even the most famous Michael in this episode. So the Michael Irvin's problem is that one of his star players, um, he be his his daughter his his sister uh, was assaulted by this like car thief guy who's like a big bad deal, and um, the the football player beat him with a baseball bat, and now the whole gang of car thieves is after him. Um, and so Michael and Sam are going to help him. So they go meet the kid. The kid is played by uh, by Michael B. Jordan, by Killmonger himself. Yeah, the man from um, well, Fantastic that? Four, the Human Torch himself, the Human from Creed. Torch from Creed and Creed Two. Even I think most people will know him as the Human Torch. So yeah, I think the yeah. Human Torch is probably his most famous and his best role. Really, the movie he was the best in. Probably one of the I best movies I've ever seen in my entire life. A true masterpiece. Really, one of the best ones. When they say like, "What are the best uh, comic book movies?" A lot of people yeah. think Fast- Fantastic Four is the best one. Yeah, and you say which one, and they say it's hard to pick because well, all of them. Fantastic. You just you just he, say yes. Yeah, he was. They also say which in- one? You say yeah, yeah, that one. He was also in a, a Max Landis's magnum opus, Chronicle. Oh yeah, and here's the thing: I hate. I mean, it's Josh Trank's is the reason. Josh Trank is the reason that that, that that's good. Is yeah. all I'm gonna say. I guess it, yeah. it wasn't that good, but Josh Trank did go on to greater success when he directed the Fantastic Four, <laughs> and then even greater success when he went on to direct Star Wars. Oh well. Ooh. Well, maybe he didn't. I feel like there's been more rejections for people directing Star Wars than there's been Star Wars movies in the, in recent years. That is literally true. 
Yeah, I'm like more people have been signed true. on and rejected or cut off than there have been successful. And you know what? Good because any of the things that would have came out by those people would have been garbage. Serves Colin Trevorrow right. Yep, Colin Trevorrow Poor owned. Colin Trevorrow. Uh, um, Dave Benioff and Dan Weiss owned. Yep, Benioff and Weiss by yeeted. Yeah. Of Absolutely course, Ryan Johnson's trilogy. Yeeted. Ryan Johnson's other trilogy yeeted. The Looper uh, who, trilogy. Who Bird Notice cast do you think would be the best suited, not to direct, but to star or be a big character in a Star Wars movie? Oh, Donovan, for sure. Donovan would be like a boring Jedi. Bruce Campbell. No, Bruce has too much personality for modern Star Wars. He just, what would you he do? Could be for like a, he would be like well, maybe a Han's old Yeah, like, he'd be like Han's uncle or like Han's secret dad. Yeah, he'd be like, like, Han would be like, who do you think taught me how to lie? And then it would cut to Bruce Campbell sitting at a table surrounded by aliens that are women and he'd yep. say something like you can trust me right and they'd be like oh, okay br- you know Bruce oh yeah Cat- no he'd be like a yeah the smuggler type character for sure mm-hmm. absolutely yeah, I, could, I could just see donovan as like wearing like the ro- like the brown robe and like speaking in a monotone voice and not doing anything interesting just like all the jedi do in the prequels yeah he's a total pre- donovan would definitely be in the prequels yeah, he's, Bruce, I just think of him as a like prequel. Campbell would like probably be in commander. the original trilogy, and then I think we could work my girl Gabrielle Anwar into the sequel sequels. Yeah, I could see Anwar in one of the side movies, like a Rogue One or a Solo type situation. Oh yeah, she would be like great, Anwar actually. and Rogue One could have worked. Yeah, where there was like a lot of strong female characters in that movie as, as well, and she's the one who's ready to blow something up. She definitely had the bloodlust, and she brought the bloodlust to this episode. Oh, was, man. Was, yeah. I mean, I yeah, she even tells Michael B. Jordan's character, use a golf club next time. Yeah, well, she's yeah, well, so, so, so a little bit of a content warning, a little bit of a trigger warning. We didn't really talk about this, but the, the attempted crime uh, in question in this episode is a sexual assault. Apparently. Yeah, uh, they never explicitly say it. But well, they do, they do say, because they call, they call the guy a pervert. They, they say he's not a gangster. He's a pervert. Yeah, because they could be because the context being he attacked a fifteen year old girl. So That's and the right. way that they and and like the the implication is absolutely there throughout, you know. So this yeah. really has Fiona pissed. She's like, fuck that. She is absolutely not fucking around in this episode, and it rules. I love this. Yeah, I love she, this. I love that this is where Fiona's like. There's a bunch of other times where she's like, Mike, we can't even bother with doing this. We got more important shit to do. But as soon as some stuff like this comes across the desk, she's like, no, 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 fuck that. We are solving this problem. She's an Irish woman. She's got that fiery. Uh, oh yeah. Gallic, no Hibernian temper. Gallic <laughs> <is French>. Ooh. <laughs> Good pull. Thank you. I know that <laughs> word somehow. Um, yeah, she's she's gets super mad when she finds out about this, and um, when Michael Irvin is proposing it, uh, Michael Weston's like, "I don't know about this," and she says, "We'll do it." Right off the bat, yeah, she's yeah, she's, ta- she's taking the job. We're 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 doing this. Uh, she's going to handle this business, and uh, so so it, you know it's time to do a little bit of scouting out, do a little recon. We meet our bad guy, and it is Sticky Fingers. Yeah, he's a good rapper, the rapper and actor. He was in the Shield, and um, he was in a bunch notice. of stuff. He was in a lot of stuff in the mid two thousands. Yeah, and he's good in this. He's a good bad. Yeah, guy. Yeah, he's good in a lot of like he's he's great in uh, in the shield. He's uh, like a like a gang leader who works with uh, with with Vic Mackey a lot, and he's he's really good in it. That's where I kind of know him from the most. I'm not sure if I'm trying to think. I need to look up his 
body of work because I don't know if I've really seen him in anything else. But I do agree, he was pretty. Uh, he was yeah, pretty good. So like gets, and again, like star power after star power. This is like yeah, what ten to, minutes in. And to bring to bring that back, what we were just talking about, he gets the most unfortunate lower third in all of the series. <laughs> Uh, they really fuck him on the lower third. They comes up and it says uh, his name and then gangster and then Fiona to to like what Howard brought yeah. up. She says, calling him a no. gangster is too generous. Anyone who attacks a 15 year old is just a pervert. And then it just bumps out gangster and says pervert. Pervert. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which was pretty and funny. I do think that's almost irresponsible because you want to, uh, you know, the pervert community has been very unfairly maligned lately. Oh, boy. You can be a respectful pervert. Oh, man. Um, well, previous guests of ours are big advocates of that. Sleeves. Yeah, there is. I mean, that's who I learned it from is Sleeves. Yeah. If you're mad at me, you're mad at Sleeves. That's it. Well, you know, it depends on the kind of perversion. And the perversion we're talking about here, definitely right. not okay. Yeah, that definitely one. Not okay. Agreed. See, that's why I wouldn't say he was just a pervert. I'd say he was a criminal pervert. I would also say that a, a, a sex creep um, and just a bad guy overall. Yeah, not, not, a good guy. not nice. I'm starting to think that maybe the guy who uh, assaulted a 15 year old girl is kind of bad. Yeah, well, fortunately for him, he learns his lesson. And he's about <laughs> to. He is about to learn his lesson through a very, very simple and normal plan. Uh, <laughs> yes, they get the uh, men in black involved. Yeah, so, okay. So the, the, the point is to get rid of this guy. And, ra- and and multiple times, I gotta just, I have to gripe with this. Multiple times throughout the episode, they cornered this dude like basically alone and they got him and all of his boys cornered. And then they just like leave. If the whole point is to get rid of this guy, why don't they just fucking kill him and his boys and like burn the house down and then just like call it a day? They could have just murked this guy like a bunch of times instead, but they had to do like this whole, it's like almost like they had to do it to prove it to themselves. Like how cool their plan is. Like they wanted to wear the suits. I don't know. These guys aren't really worth, they're kind of below, you know, the usual, uh, Michael Weston level. They're just right. So why don't we just dust these dudes off and move on to the burn notice? (laughs) No, they have to get the boss to kill them. Like they always do. Yes. They always have to go, uh, like get the boss to think that the bad guy betrayed the boss. And then the boss kills them. This is probably like the seventh time they've done this. It's about plausible deniability. They all, do you have that plausible deniability? I mean, you know, their, their lawyer, Chuck Finley, I'm sure, uh, told them, uh, about that strategy. Their general counsel. Well, the thing is too, it's like, We've said it before where they'll kill some some other or they'll have others like killed either job go wrong or whatever. But it always seems like the bad, the worst crimes, like the sexual ones, they don't like the trafficking. And now this. They seem, yeah, these guys seem like a reluctant. The worst people seem to get the lightest sentences. Yeah, in this, in this it's, it's, it's interesting. I don't know what that's supposed to say. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Like, I feel like they think they're doing worse, but like they're not. No, no, know. not even a little. No, yeah, it's like you said. It so their plan basically, as we've said, it's complicated. They're like, uh, they go into the a spiel about how uniforms are effective because it makes it seem like an effective operation. And then they yep. do visually the scene that's happening during this. Great, top notch, really oh, like awesome. The suiting up scene. The yeah, the, the putting on the suits montage. Everybody just looks so cool. Like I said, Men in Black. They're just like black suits, black shades. But not Men um, in Black 1, like the cool, like, I remember at the end of Men in Black, how they had, like, the slightly cooler suits? That's what they were like. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely the cooler ones towards the end of the movie, like, they're about to go 
kill Cockroach Man. Yep. Vince D'Onofrio, <laughs> they're about to go kill him. Yep, that the, kind the of top suit. level cool suits. Um, and they're gonna like they're gonna be the new car thieves and like try to run this guy out of town is like their whole deal. So like they do a bunch of stuff. Like they they pull up on him and throw tear gas into his car and melt through his engine block with a coffee can full of thermite. Yeah. And you know, the best part like, of it's an easy enough thing to do. Cup, you yeah. just put some thermite. And I thought, well, that's, you know, I like out. a strong cup of coffee as much as the next guy, but I'm starting to think this is pretty excessive. Well, maybe but would little. that really just burn <laughs> through an engine block like that? Cause it was cool. It looked cool. It just goes on. Yeah, it it like did look cool. Melt through. Oh, if you're an expert on thermite and, uh, and engine blocks, uh, please email us and let me know why jet fuel can't melt steel beams. Jesus, where Martin Oaks? Where are you at? <laughs> Please, oh my God, I would love if Martin <laughs> Just Oaks. Call back to Martin I'd love Oaks. if Martin well, Oaks listened to the podcast. Holy a little shit. tease, like later on, something they do seems like it was actually tested. Uh, so I'll bring that up of like the actual real world application of it. Now, I don't know about the thermite, but something else apparently was tested. So maybe it seems like 50-50 some of the shit they do on the show is like maybe something that would be is effective. Is there a Burn Notice Mythbusters episode? Do they just get into this shit? Oh, I don't uh, know. maybe. I remember I once saw a thing about MacGyver, and they said they always left one step out so that you wouldn't be able to make a bomb out of it. That would make sense. I would, I would hope that the, that that, that Matt ball. Nix did the same thing. It wasn't so irresponsible, but I guess the only way we can we can find out is to test it ourselves. So we got uh, bored inside. What else am I gonna do? All right, so Why I'm not? gonna get to work, folks. You guys. Uh, I've been meaning to nope, use cut that, cut that, for cut something. that. <laughs> Is this the anarchists podcast? Like, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, it just depends on lately. Yeah, absolutely. It is. I guess so. We'll have to, like I said, I think I've even brought it up. We'll, when we start the Patreon. On the day that Bernie endorsed Joe Biden. Yeah, I think it is the anarchist <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> pretty much. Woo. No holds barred. But yeah, when we start the Patreon, Bernie we'll do notice. episodes where we test out everything. Hell yeah, I'm, I'm into that. <laughs> a bird notice myth busting tier on the Patreon. Well, because like uh, I don't know about you, but I didn't notice any um, disclaimer saying don't try this at home. They don't say it ever, so that means you should try it at home. You must. Yes, yeah, unless they explicitly say don't try this at home, you have to try it at home. Uh, well, when I get the Trump bucks, that's what I'll spend it on thermite. Nice. Yep. Buy guns and thermite, folks. Just Gotta make sure you have some extra thermite and some and some MREs. Uh, so, speaking of MREs, can we talk about Michael B. Jordan's eating habits for a second? Oh, he's so, a growing boy. Yeah. So, so Michael B. Go is so they stash Michael B. and his sister at uh, Casa del Madeline Weston, Michael's mom's house, and she's in full grandma mode. She's taking care of the kids. She's making them snacks and food. And uh, she pulls out some crackers, gives him. Michael spits out the cracker. He's like, oh, this is gross. It's like cardboard. She's like, yeah, they're super old. They're in the back of the cabinet. And Michael B. Jordan's just like, yeah, hell yeah. And talking about how she was, he ate a can of like salmon from when he was a kid or something. It was like yeah. oysters, I think. Oysters yeah. or something. It's like, like they were a little salty, good. but they were okay. He literally has the eating habits of Steve 1989 MRE Info from YouTube. Uh, anyone's He's familiar with uh, the guy on YouTube who reviews old MREs? It's, it's a great channel, but this guy eats like 30, 40, 50. I've even seen him eat Civil War hardtack at one point. This was pretty accurate to my grandmother because her house would always have just the most 
like old expired food. So I was like, you know what? Very accurate. To oh yeah, I've grandmas. definitely had like some. I've, I've definitely eaten some uh, gr- old grandparents' house food. Yeah, that's all. That was pretty much all there was. <laughs> I love it. Well, I did have uh, an Italian grandmother, so there was always a lot of. There was always something to eat at my grandma's house. No shortage. Sounds, sounds nice. No shortage. So yeah, all, all I could think of when Michael B was eating was just, let's get this out on the tray. Nice. Oh, yeah, the old, the old crackers, <laughs> the, old, the old oysters, uh, just like Michael B. Jordan, just like reviewing it like it's like it's MRE Steve. That was just what was in my head the whole time. Yeah, eating expired oysters. Like, well, he says since he was a kid, so that's probably like twenty-year-old oysters. Yeah, that uh, that's not like that's something you shouldn't try at home, folks. I would rather you made a bomb at home than ate twenty-year-old oysters. It's safer. That's a different kind of bomb. Making explosives is safer than that, legitimately. You make an intestinal bomb. Hey now. Um, so yeah, Michael B's hiding out. Um, they uh, go scare Sticky Fingers again. They do another. They do two scenes. They do another. Where like, and let me just say, why the fuck at the second time would they? Why don't they never have guns ready? Yeah, no one's ever got enough guns ready. No well, one's that, ever got a gun. Like you'd think after what just happened, they pep, they tear gassed their car, thermited their engine, and like shot their tires. I'd be like, all right, I'm on alert. Everybody have fucking guns. If they ro- they just walk in and they're just like, oh, well, you got us again. Yep. And and Sam just very kindly was like, okay, everybody, if you can please just put your hands up. Yeah, that good. You're comfortable. Cool. All right. I have a shotgun. Yeah, they just they just like roll up like the on these like car thieves. I would assume like that later on he has a gun, and I'm like, okay, well they have a gun, but like only one. Why this don't is they also have a, a spot where we get like a sort of other Michael accent. It's kind of like this like fast talking East Coast guy accent. He's doing kind of like a uh, newscaster from World War Two. A little bit. Of yeah, he's kind of got that North <laughs> Atlantic accent. Hey, yeah, listen. Uh, yeah, my, na- my name's Johnny. I'm a car thief, just like you boys. Bully on you, sir. He's a class act car thief. That's the guy that, if you can afford it, you want him to steal your. I cars. gotta say, it's a pretty bad look with just like these three white people in suits coming to like uh, oh, yeah. uh, take out the uh, the people of color crime ring. Just like yeah, gentrifying, gentrifying car theft crime. <laughs> <laughs> not a good look, my dude. Right. No, it's not. Well, Just gotta but say, you know white people are the best at crime, though. Yeah, many are saying this. Uh, yeah, look at <laughs> banks. Yeah, white collar crime, absolutely. Uh, yeah. That's why they call it white collar. The, the the worst kind of crimes <laughs> that don't get prosecuted. That's right. That's why blue collar crimes are committed by the blue man groups. Uh, blue yes. crimes matter. That's what I say. <laughs> no, that's your famous phrase. Yeah, that's that, that famous catchphrase. Oh boy! Hashtag's oh, blowing up on Twitter. I'm yeah. so sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, they they fucking burn the place. So there's many fire burn notice. Indeed, many fires are. There in are this multiple episode. fires in this episode. Yeah, yeah, they light their place on fire. The way they, they did it was cool because like they it started out as Fiona pours Michael a shot, and then Michael grabs the shot, but then she just keeps like slowly pouring all over the the table, and you're kind of yeah. like, what is she doing? Is she just being an asshole to them? And it's yeah, really I funny. thought she was just being disrespectful. But yeah, actually. it was just like this, and then she's <laughs> like, nope, I'm lighting this shit on fire, and just like in in movies and TV, uh, this one bottle of vodka has the same like flammability and combustibility as like pure gasoline. Yeah, so yeah, that's good. Goes up. It's good flames. that if you just like light some vodka on fire, it burns an entire building down. 
It's that's, the uh, high top shelf stuff is the most flammable. That's why it looks like a bottle yeah, of she, Smirnoff. She's really got that new Amsterdam hundred proof. Oh, that's there why. you go. Fourteen dollars well spent. So yeah, they they burned something down, and now Fiona's feeling in a really great mood because she burned a thing down. Uh, So her and Michael are talking back at the apartment, and she's like, "I like this Johnny guy. He's just like uh, like your cover character in Dublin." And we get something I've been waiting for for two and a half seasons. We get Irish Michael. Irish Michael. Oh, sure you do. Oh, he says, what was his name? Michael McBride. Michael McBride. Michael McBride from Dublin. Michael McBride. Yeah, and from he Dublin. even, he literally, like, she's like, Dublin. what was your name? He's like, Michael McBride. Oh, I can't believe, I, I'm sure you did fall in love with him. He was a good lad. Yeah, and he stays in an accent for a little bit longer than he needs to. Yeah, yeah, he's, he <laughs> sticks with it true. for, like, a hot second. So, Ira, and they talk about how they fell in love in, in Dublin. And then he's like, yeah, well, now I'm not anymore. Sorry, bye. And uh, yeah, she's like, did I fall? Did I fall in love with Michael McBride and Michael Weston? So we've got Southern Mike. We've got weird uh, North Atlantic Mike. And now we have Irish Mike. Those are three different Mike accents in one episode already. Okay. No, I I defer. But um, (laughs) is this they shortly after this, they share a meal, don't they? Yeah, is that when they... Uh... I, can't, I can't remember what order anything went anymore. I keep wanting to talk about the pickle scene. But oh, the pickle scene had already passed, I think, because that's when... That they're, was when they first... Michael and Sam are eating recon. pickles out of a jar with a fork, and they're eating out of the same one. Like, they're like lovers eating a... Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, this is a very Dudes Sunday. Rock show, and, and Mike, Michael and Sam have a very Dudes Rock relationship. But who eats pickles by just poking around in there with a fork like that? Don't like fucking they're, judge they're too idly... don't, Wait, don't attack me, first of all. <laughs> I'm a, I hate pickles, man. I oh, well, see, that's, oh. Well, that's, it's coming from a place of bias. If, if you were a pickle enjoyer, then you would know that's the best way to eat pickles. You just stick a fork in there, eat the damn pickle. I actually, in my notes, it's nice looking pickles. <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up too because I thought it was really. She like bites into it. And she's like, "I'm pickle Fiona." <laughs> yeah, when that's she was right. out in the garage, and she's like, "Michael, come here, Michael, come outside." And he comes out there, and he's like, "Turn me around." Oh, I turned myself into a pickle, Michael. Pickle Fiona. I'm Pickle Fiona. <laughs> I can't even do a regular Jeffrey Donovan to just be like, oh, geez, or something. When you're a pickle, the first thing you have to know. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a pickle and you want to get out of, or when you want to get out of therapy, the first thing you want to do is turn yourself into a pickle. Oh, man, they should have just done that episode like Burn Notice. <laughs> that would have been, yeah, it would have been like, well, Michael, come here. Therapies. I turned myself into a pickle, Michael. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All the fucking cast of Bernotas turns They're all just pickles. pickles. <laughs> Everyone's God, a pickle. How, how random. I can't wait for that Hot Topic shirt. I want to buy that. Madeline West is like, oh, if you were in a pickle, I'd never see you. Or that would actually be on. That would be like T-Public where they do like mashups of everything. And it would be like Bernotas Pickle Rick. The entire. like, Oh, we should do that Bernotas picture where it's the whole cast standing there, but then turn them all into pickles. <laughs> that would be so that's like some shit that like your kickstarter sucks or something would do like t- making these intentionally really bad shirts fourteen thousand really dollars of 2500 just blowing goals out of the water the most like popular that. project in kickstarter history turning People, the burn notice cast into pickles 
there's got to be some crossover where people are super into this both shows. Yeah, I mean, the the three shows we know that are all related are Burn Notice, Dexter, and Rick and Morty. They're all very much alike. They they were big. They were big uh, back then. They're big now. Yep. I think it would be a good shirt. Absolutely. I forgot about the pickle scene too. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking?" I thought you were fucking with me at first. I was like, "What pickle scene?" No, there's a pickle. Scene. I was like, eating pickles, and then yeah. um, and then Fiona turns herself into a pickle. Yeah, that one stood out to me. So I'm glad I'm, you triggered my mind. So thank you. Definitely. Like a lib, I got triggered. Yeah. So so pickle Fiona and the gang. <laughs> now I'm just thinking about Fiona as a pickle. <laughs> No, don't do that. Don't do that. You're, it's it's going to be... You're going to get too horny. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, well, I mean, the things that are making me horny, I really have to start reevaluating. Like, the other night on uh, former guest Chris M. Vera's stream, uh, uh, he and I and uh, Dickie Killjoy watched this very weird horny anime. And it, it had some, this lady who, like, was a, a lady but also a spider... And she had she had teeth on her lady parts, and she yeah, shot webs happened. out of it. And I gotta tell you, I had to kind of evaluate my feelings about the whole thing. And your final analysis was what? I came. All right. <laughs> that was my final Pretty analysis. Final. My final analysis is when I came. Yeah. Well, I guess that speaks louder than words. Absolutely. Shoots louder than words. Oh. Yeah. Hey. There's a lot of horny stuff in this episode. Okay, so she's horny for Michael McBride, and then she plays sexy lady getting intel at the demolition site, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah that's she, like, right. She's that, a, like... she works for the, cal- the hunk calendar. Yeah, I thought that was a fun <laughs> premise. Like, I work for a hunk calendar, and we can't wait to see the yeah. hot boys of, uh, of constructions and demolitions. <laughs> controlled explosions. Yep, the hot <laughs> the, boys uh, of controlled hottest. explosions. Yeah. Well, her, but boy, her she finds was, them. I would love to see a calendar of construction guys, just like a bunch of fucking fat Italians, just, like just like guys that look like they were from the Sopranos, just with like hard hats. I like that too. I did. I did like her line. She's like, "Nothing turns on a woman as much as when something goes boom." Well, for Fiona, that's literally true. Then, he, well, yeah, but like she's a, she's a specific kind of woman. Yeah. I don't. For think Fiona, that's, that's like, actually true. Like death and explosions do turn her on. Yeah, she's a action girl. But the average woman, I don't know. I guess that's probably true. Maybe. I, I mean... All right, ladies of uh, ladies, listeners, please chime in. Yeah, our yeah. very large female boom. audience, please chime in. Yes, sound please. off in the comments. <laughs> like, comment, subscribe, sound off. That's right. Um, so they here's a funny thing that happened around here is when... Like they did like the little standoff thing where so like Michael and Sam and Fiona each kidnap a car thief and like they zip tie him and send him back to headquarters and like dump him outside like to embarrass uh, the gang or whatever. And Sam Sticky Fingers goes to like yes, yeah, Sticky Fingers goes to like pull a gun out. He's like, I'm just gonna shoot you guys. And Michael's like, Oh, you don't want to do that in broad daylight, do you? Literally like ten minutes before they just fucking shot all four tires of this guy's car out and then burned thermite through his engine block in the middle of the afternoon and threw a tear gas bomb. Yeah, uh, yeah, I know that was kind of strange. Like, think of your reputation, car thief. Yes, yeah. really... <laughs> Like we've already Obviously established the that the cops don't, don't show don't up for exist. anything ever. Yeah, they're, they're a non-factor in burn notice at all. Unless so... no, they only factor in when Michael specifically calls them for a reason. Like as yeah. like a distraction. Yes. That's the only yes. time they ever show up for anything. They love doing that. They love to do that just very conveniently. 
Um, so yeah, they they avert that. Michael Irvin gets his ass kicked at one point. Uh, looks like he was uh, hanging out in those crack houses again. Michael really needs to be careful. Ooh, I mean, <laughs> Michael Irvin's a damn good coach, though. Oh no, because he, we, we, he was protecting we, those players. We didn't, uh, we didn't mention that the reason Sam roped Michael into all of this is because there's a third row seats on the 50 yard line at a Dolphins game at stake. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah, the gotta get 50 yard line, super, yeah. super big fucking. Can you imagine getting a chance to say prime Ricci incognito? On the offensive oh, wow. wait, wait, wait. Okay, so 2008. Uh, oh, is that like that's like Ronnie Brown era, right? That's like Wildcat offense time. Right? I don't even know. That Richie Incognito is the only player I could feasibly think of who might have been on the team. Then <laughs> he's not a good man. They not, were good. I mean, they won their division. In was Chad Henne? Oh, so we talked about University of Michigan earlier. Was Chad? Oh Henney shit! There? Yeah, it was Chad. Chad Henne yeah, was Chad their Pennington, quarterback. Chad Henne. One of yeah. the worst tattoos in all of sports. That horrible Panther tattoo on his arm. Classic. Oh man. Classic bad tattoo. I mean, oh, this okay. is when uh, this is when like Brady was hurt, so they were they actually had a fucking shot in the division. Oh yeah, true too. Yeah, so they they actually did end it. So I guess you know that was you know that was the R.I.P. Fucking, Tony like, prime time. Incognito wasn't on the Dolphins till 2010. Uh, I apologize. Uh, yeah, I can't say I, at the time um, I was following, still following, and still believing in my Detroit Lions, but uh, no more, no more of that. Mega, yeah. I don't do that well, to myself anymore. It's just uh, torture. Well, it doesn't matter. Sports are gone. Also, there's no sports. So, do, yeah, and all of that's... It's very <laughs> it's funny that sports. people are like, still talking sports and like free agent signings and all that stuff. When, oh, like, you're like Christian McCaffrey, and it's like, uh, okay, good for you getting paid, <laughs> but like, I don't think you're going to be playing for a while. Yeah, yeah none of it matters because no one's playing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Tony Sperano coached that year. Yes. yes. All right. Yeah, Dolphins had a little <laughs> bit of a heyday right then, so... <laughs> Absolutely. Um... And speaking of uh, of things that had their heyday on the East Coast, accents. So they <laughs> they sew it up by kind of just doing everything they plan to do. They uh, they they meet the boss, and then uh, they're driving the boss to somewhere. But they use they armor plate Michael B. Jordan's car, right? So they put armor plates in the, in the Michael B. Jordan car, and then they drive with phone books. Yes. So this is what I wanted to bring up. So it does seem like I don't know if this they specifically did it on MythBusters because of burn notice. But they did prove that the setup used would protect from small arms fire used in the ambush scene. So I, yeah. I guess they did actually do like a burn notice specific Mythbusters. So oh man, actually, that's a that's bonus content for the pod. Here is that's amazing to know. Could you really fill up a tire with that um, hardening foam? Because if so, why wouldn't every tire be filled? With yeah, it? I'm always saying that. And also, if the black box is so strong, why don't they just make the plane out of the black box? That's right. <laughs> and what is the deal it's with the airline food? Expensive. What is up with that? Maybe they should make the airline food out of the black box so that would survive a crash too. Wow, and maybe it would survive through my stomach and I wouldn't have the squirts on the plane. Hey-o! Boy, you know, the black box survives a plane crash, but if we go down after I eat it, that airline food, I hope I don't. Oh! <laughs> Hey, you know what? Airline food's all right, guys. Let's leave it alone. I remember you know pre nine eleven airline food, let's, like let's Northwest Airlines, like some of those dead airlines, was actually like pretty good. I remember the first time I ever had a tortellini was on an airplane, and I thought oh. it was damn good. I do like. A I tortellini. will say, I did fly first class one time to Hawaii, 
and they had like uh, like mag. Okay, this is first class, so obviously this is different than whatever you're gonna get in like coach and everything. But it was damn good. I mean, it was like pretty damn good, like mahi mahi. Oh, nice. Guys, we forgot to mention Ricky Williams, by the way. I was wondering if Ricky was on the team at that point, or if he had already done his first retirement. I, I do. Know. I he did was forget. Probably on and off and on and. Ricky off. Williams, fucking king. Ricky Williams rules. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did forget man. too that the year prior they went one and fifteen. Ah, they did. They did. Well, yeah. that year, this year, two thousand eight, is when the Lions went zero and sixteen. That's right. Yeah, like yeah. So they like pretty that much was the zero and sixteen year. Oh boy, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna forget that anytime soon. <laughs> mm, well, the Dolphins famously sixteen and zero, the only uh, or eighteen and zero or. Yeah, because that was when they had a right? fourteen-game regular season, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, yeah, it was. I think shorter. it was seventeen and zero was their was their record. That's what it was. Yeah. Because okay. yeah, they had the fourteen-win season and then three playoff games. Yeah. So they did lose the wild card that year to the Ravens. Ah. Those pesky Ravens. What are you, gonna do? you know the uh, uh, they had a good defense. Sucks. I mean, they've had yeah. Also, they, you know, if they would have won, Ray Lewis would have just stabbed somebody. So. I mean, he put there, even if they lost, too. True, true. So the plan comes to fruition when they phone book armor Michael B. Jordan's car and they drive the boss like to their meet location in the car, therefore tricking the Sticky Fingers gang into thinking that Michael B. Jordan's in the car, right? So then, Yeah, they drive his car. So then the Sticky like Fingers gang, they chase the, the Michael B. Jordan car that doesn't have Michael B. Jordan in it, though. Right. So then they attack the car thinking it's Michael B. Jordan. They don't know that the boss is in the car. So then it makes everybody mad. Yeah. And uh, the boss is, you know, thinking, what a sloppy operation my henchmen have for me. I'm yep. So like he's really like, oh, mad. well, this guy's definitely got to go now. And then Michael gets out of there by going, well, guess we got to lay low for a while. Uh, so the okay. deal's off until you take care of this. Bye bye. The boss so, is so cool because he only hangs out in cigar lounges. Yeah. Cool Hell ass yeah. motherfucker, right? Hell yeah. yeah. He's just like, I'm just doing my business from the cigar lounge. I've yeah. never done any business from any lounge of any kind. The last thing I did in a cigar lounge, there was like this little one in Michigan, and uh, we would hang out there and like have like a cheap cigar before going to the bar and watch Steven Seagal Lawman. Just wow, that was a the good funniest show. show. Yeah, he does. He solves a lot of crimes. Oh yeah, yeah, very big crime solver. Uh, uh, real force for good, Steven Seagal. Definitely mm-hmm. smart man. Many he's are gonna solve that. this. He's gonna solve this COVID nineteen business. Yeah. Steven Seagal would be a great like quest giver in Burn Notice. Like he shows up, he's like, I used to be special forces myself, but now I gotta ask you to do this job for me. You know, while I uh, st- sit here in front of this green screen and wear that one scarf that I'm always wearing. You know uh, the story about how Steven Seagal, I forget what movie, but uh, Judo Jean LaBelle, who is a iconic fixture of both Judo, pro wrestling, stuntmans, Yeah, and I think Joe Rogan has told tales. this story, actually. Yeah, yeah it does. Steven wow. Seagal was mouthing off about how good he was at Aikido on one of the sets of his movie. And Judo Jean LaBelle, who has got to be at least 20 years the elder of Steven Seagal, even yeah. today, uh, I think... Uh, judo jeans like 90 so whatever but uh he said okay let's fight steven seagal and he immediately got behind steven seagal and choked him out until steven seagal pooped his pants hell yeah 
<laughs> wow. Old shooters are the best. Like any guy like says they're like tough or whatever, like old wrestlers like will kick your ass. Just look at a guy's ears. If they're fucked up, don't mess with them. Yeah, you don't you don't ever want to openly mess with the guy with cauliflower ear guys in public. Yeah. Or even also, if they're not that good at fighting, they're crazy enough to get their head in there. If they adopt the grappler stance from Fire Pro Wrestling, similar. <laughs> Stay away. <laughs> yeah, you definitely wouldn't want them to do like the uh, the heavy combo and, and uh, hit you with a power bomb. Yeah, A B together, you'll get criticaled. Speaking yeah, of getting critical, you don't want to get uh, you don't want to get grounded and locked up into a into a into a key lock. No. No, never. I want to get locked up in a key lime pie. Hey, that sounds delicious, actually. I'm gonna I want to go to a key actually. party. Ooh. So yeah, we won't we won't keep it too much longer because uh, we are uh, we're getting wrapped up. So they they wrap it up by getting Sticky Fingers and the gang out of town, and we're to assume that they just disappeared and they're on the run now. So everything's fine. Uh, that's all taken care of. Michael B is happy. Sam Max wants more tickets if Michael B goes to the Super Bowl. Oh, he yeah. always mentioned this, like you better yeah. get some even better tickets next time. And they did. And yeah, he year. got his tickets for the for the Dolphins game. And as he got the tickets to the Fantastic Four premiere. And also he got his third <laughs> seat because they were like, I heard Fiona did all the work, so Fiona's going to the game too. Yeah, Fiona is really cool in this episode. She looks great in a corporate car thief suit. Oh, yeah. No, she looks great in all, throughout the whole episode, really. And she, she's kicking ass. Uh, she's doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, Fiona rules. Yeah, hey, I love Gabrielle Anwar. I told you guys a little bit about this before we began recording. I'll go into it briefly, but uh, one of uh, Uncle Howard's only movies that I'll vouch for is called Bored Heads. It's about three rich losers, one of whom is played by Bronson Pinchot, who take all of their riches down to Venice Beach, and they try to use their money to meet some babes. Does it go well for them? I don't know. It's also about a cool surfer dude. I can't remember his name either in real life or in the movie, but he has a beautiful girlfriend played by Gabrielle Anwar. Oh, shit! And in the final scene, wow. there's a Babe Olympics, and all the babes are doing their moves, and then Gabrielle Anwar comes out, and she wins, and uh, the main character friend says hey she shouldn't have won and he's the main character says who cares i love her and i think that's <laughs> you a well i gotta moment. say howard you had me at babe olympics yeah yeah i was like you say no more my friend i do love i pulled it up 1998 first review on letterbox is like one star it just says this isn't porn but i thought it was i think they, we found an episode title <laughs> it might not be porn but there sure are some tits Heyo! Woo! That's porn to me, baby, because I'm Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Our yeah. God is an awesome God. I'm always saying. He reigns. Energy oh, drink. Total body fuel. <laughs> man, this anyway. podcast brought to you by Mercy Me. Mm. Oh, that's a great band. Yeah, just going into Chris. Just, just going to become the Chris from Rock Podcast. Mercy, me and my mercy lago Oh. Ooh, play some Creed right now, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love Stone Cold Steve Austin said the best thing about Creed, that uh, Creed sold 40 million albums, but you can't find one person to admit to buying one. Uh, that's because like, yeah, I that's would... like with Nickelback too, right? Same thing with Nickelback. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they're in that same vein. They sold but... a gajillion albums, but no one will admit that they bought one of the albums. I bet everybody who bought I saw Nickelback in like 2001. That's cool. You, that is cool. Was that pre or post 9/11? What Nickelback in 2001? Yeah. Post. 
It was post. post. It was late 2001 because I remember the reason I remember it being post is because one of the bands, because Nickelback, Saliva, and Default were the bands that were at this show, and one of them mentioned 9/11 and like said terrorists are bad or whatever. You know, did, did the terrorists are bad thing? I got a join letterboxed to give this movie the five star review it deserves. I'm going to watch it and probably do the same. We need to pump the radio. I'm into that. So thank you for the suggestion. Yeah. If everybody could get on Letterboxd and pump up uh, board heads, I'd be powerful obliged. Folks, do it. Let's go. Do it. Let's let's get Gabriel. Speaking of rating things, let's rate this. Well, wait, 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 we gotta, you know, put a pin in that. So once we uh, save the day, Michael uh, uh, is looking for Fiona because Fiona wanted to pop in the house. So they find the house that the the bomber lives in from the beginning of the episode. They're looking for the bomber. So she finds bomber the bomber's man, house, and, and, it, and it looks like <laughs> it looks like uh, no one's been there for a while. So Fiona says, "I'm just gonna poke around a little bit." So she sneaks in, and there's a Michael monologue happening while she sneaks in about how booby traps, you got to be careful to put them at the door, because if it's your house, you know, you can't go inside. But then that's what, like, there's pressure plates. And right as he mentions that, Fiona steps on a pressure plate, and it lights the entire house on fire. So we get another fire in the episode, and it looks like Fiona is in a lot of trouble. So Michael's calling, and Fiona's not answering, and he's all super scared that Fiona got burned. Like, literally burned, though, not like figuratively like him. But like actually like you know burned in a fire so he's sad he's in the rain he's getting all wet he's like shit fiona's dead he walks in the apartment and fiona's just chilling she's just there yeah she's, she's kicking it she's like get a get a landline i can't like my cell phone's all burnt up i couldn't get a hold of you and michael's immediately like nope we are gonna fuck just he walks up and then they do the thing and then they it's share emotional. an embrace they share an embrace and boom for the second time in Burn Notice, Michael and Fiona get it on. <laughs> I was waiting for you to stop. No, I wanted you to keep going so I could tell you to clip that and make that like a sound alert on your channel now. <laughs> That's pretty good. Sure. I love it. All right. I, I didn't want to. I didn't. I felt bad even laughing. I, I didn't want to interrupt what was going on. Wow! Thank you so much for for not saving me from that. I really appreciate it. I didn't want to cut it off. I thought this is my favorite song. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it's not. Shit. It's not the best song in the world. It's just a tribute. So if I ever become president, that's the national anthem. Please rise for the national anthem. Ooh, <laughs> something. <laughs> something's gonna rise if I'm hearing that. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it. The wrestler comes out like your your favorite wrestler is about to walk out or like get introduced and just It'd be cool if there was a wrestler and his gimmick was both that he was very lazy, so he loved to sit down, but he was also very patriotic. So his enemies always played the national anthem and made him stand up and he got pissed off. So so Orange <laughs> Cassidy in a Blue Lives Matter shirt? Yeah, yeah. We'll call him Blue Cassidy. <laughs> or what's uh, Papa John's Cassidy? Because it's their favorite food. 
Oh man, we love that yeah. Papa John. Yeah, you got that little pepperoncini. It's damn good too. Got to have that little pepperoncini and the uh, the garlic butter that you have to drizzle all over all the food so it's edible. Yeah, so it tastes like anything at all. It's like yep. being a cut. So then it goes from cardboard to being garlic butter flavored cardboard. Yeah, it's just yeah, like you cut yourself to feel anything. <laughs> so that's so the ep- so Michael and uh, Fiona fuck. The next morning, Carla's waiting for Michael, and he's, like, bringing breakfast and, like, being like, oh, I brought breakfast. And Carla's like, nope, I'm here instead. Um, <laughs> you know, we got to find the burn notice guy, whatever. And that's how the episode ends. So we're getting another step closer to, to burn notice, people. Uh, Carla seems like, I will say, like, Carla seems like she's under the gun, kind of, and, like, she's a little worried. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's feeling the heat, no pun intended. She's uh, yeah. not the top of the food chain, I don't think. No, definitely not. And she like definitely feels like... So that's, that gives us something to look forward to for the next episode. Um, that does it. That's the episode. That credits roll. Ten stars. Well, that's, that's our next question, Howard. So we like Very to rate well, the episode out of ten. Yeah. We're not going to give it stars. What are we going to give it this I time? was thinking Demolition Men calendars. Ten, right. how, many, how many demolition calendars? Yes. Ten, ten demolition calendars. For one, you see some hunks in the demolition calendar. For two, you see some babes when they're in the restaurant. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what? Worth it. I Perfectly valid opinion there, Howard. Uh, Josh, what are you going to give it? This is a good one, I think. First off, we didn't really get as... So, they fuck, right? And that was, like, the big thing for us. is like, well, a 10 out of 10, because we the build-up in season one. We're like, are they going to do it? And then they did it, and it was a 10 out of 10. This one, while they did do that, I will say it wasn't... We didn't get, like, the... She's basically hurried off. We don't see Fiona again after it happens. So, did it really happen? Probably. Oh, it did, because le- the, the dead giveaway is when Carla's like, so Fiona's staying the night now. Right, but I mean... So, she stayed the night, and he's bringing her breakfast... They didn't fucking cuddle and watch Netflix. They fucked. There was no Netflix. It was 2008. That was just, I was just about to say that. It would have been like Blockbuster and chill. Yeah, they would have went to Family Video and rented. In 2008, what would they have rented in 2008? Oh, uh, Underworld. Oh, there you go. That seems like, what was that, 2007 maybe? I don't know. Maybe a year later it hits video and they're watching it. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, anyway. Hunk calendars out of 10. I think I gotta go. I was. I think I go nine because I did. I did think it was enjoyable. We had like all those guest characters. Uh, the plot was super convoluted, which is funny. And I learned that I can phone book my car and prevent protect it from like pistols and regular guns. That is very important. Also, two thousand eight, The Dark Knight. So that's definitely what they were watching. They were definitely watching The Dark Knight. Um, but this is early two thousand. This is like January. They were watching Batman Begins to get caught up for. Oh no, this is January oh nine. So they definitely. Oh, been, you're right. Yeah. You're right. This came out in late January. So yeah, in the in the in the middle of the winter, early oh nine, they're uh, cuddling up on their brand new Blu-ray player. That's gigantic. Their huge Blu-ray player. Wouldn't and, uh, you love to see Michael, Sam, and Fee try to take down the Joker and his oh, God, anarchistic? thieving spree whatever he was up to i don't remember oh absolutely they what would be the oh man that's all we could do get a dedicate a whole episode to coming up with a convoluted plan to stop the joker yeah like the first way to infiltrate a clown plan you gotta know how to juggle and then it was <laughs> michael weston practicing his juggling yeah what or say do you want to know how i got these scars <laughs> Do you want to know how I got these cigars from Cuba, baby? Feel putting that cell phone bomb inside a guy's chest and being just so into it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. 
Oh, what doesn't kill you makes you stranger, Michael. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man, that's cool. <laughs> so, okay, rating real quick. Um, yeah, this was a really fun episode. Star Sudden. Love Michael B. Jordan, so it was great to see him. Most important thing, uh, Michael and Fiona fucked, so that gets a 10 from me, dog. It's a 10 out of 10. Woo! Let's good, go. Good on you. Good on you, honestly. I was too much of a coward to do so. I am committed to the bit. 10 out of 10. So that's the episode. Uh, we don't have any reviews this week. Uh, uh, Sandcrab took the day off. Yep. Our, our homie Sandcrab is not here. So you get our reviews, and that is all you get. Before we get out of there, Howard, what would you like to plug? Well, I guess check out Boardheads on DVD. It's pretty inexpensive. <laughs> there you go. Amazon. Yay. Um, it's a good movie. I think you guys will like it. I watched it because it was on uh, Comcast On Demand, and the first three words were three rich losers, and I was in. Sounds great. Yeah, I love that. Um, I, podcast, socials, anything like that? <laughs> <laughs> nah, who cares? I got a podcast called Uncle to Uncle. It's all right. Uh, I'm on Twitter. <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Miata Guy for you. We also got an Instagram at Uncle to Uncle with a two and a Twitter at Uncle to Uncle with a T-O. Um, and then uh, I would say keep on listening to Burn After Noticing, folks. Don't give up. No, please don't. Keep listening to the podcast. It's good, actually. Um, yeah, and if you want to keep listening to the podcast, you can find our social media uh, at Burn Notice Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at burnafternoticing at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find me personally at TV on Twitter and twitch.tv slash thickflare on Twitch, where we're streaming every day. And I started a new character in Skyrim, so prepare for that for to be a thing for a while. Josh, where can I they find like you? That. I do like Skyrim. I do like Oblivion more. But you can find me at Shake and Bakey pretty much everywhere. Twitch, Twitter, OnlyFans. Uh, I'm on this podcast that you're listening to, and you can find that show account, Burn Notice Pod, on Twitter. And also, burnafternoticing at gmail.com. If, again, uh, any female listeners want to send, if things that go boom make them horny. Yeah, that's what we that's what we really want to know. That's the important information. That's the big takeaway. And board heads, which yeah. I guess I'm gonna have to watch. Like well, another piece like of important information. I think cars. we got a lot of important information out, and uh, we'd like to boom. really thank you, Uncle Howard, for coming on the podcast to talk burn notice with us. Our last question: Will you continue your burn notice journey? Will you watch more burn notice after this? You know, yeah, why not? Hell yeah, that's what we're talking about. So uh, check out more episodes of Burn Notice. Check out more episodes of this podcast. Stick with us, and we will see you next week. As always, don't get burned. Don't get burned, folks. Have a good one.